This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, we're back live here on Horses in the Morning. I am Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm back in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October 9th, episode 2286, brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, horse world. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we can go again. And away we go. In our horse health report, Dr. Loving joins us once again, this time to talk to us about winter barn prep. Stanford Moore from Black Reigns Magazine, who's now coming on once a month to highlight people of color in the horse world, introduces us to his guest for today, Melvin Cox. Jamie shares the results for the Thoroughbred Makeover, and Glenn brings us a brand new edition of Crappy List Wednesday, so you don't want to miss any of it. It's going to be a packed show, as always, today, guys. And speaking of today, today is both International Beer and Pizza Day and Fire Prevention Day. So here's your free fire prevention tip of the day from yours truly. Don't drink too much beer before firing up your oven to make your pizza. <laughs> I think it's like now, the best day ever. That beer and pizza day? I'm freaking taking day off work. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Maybe don't put the beer in the oven either. Well, that would be good. There's lots of things that can go wrong. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> You're welcome. My pleasure. So, Jamie, you uh, you got to do something the day you got home that was pretty darn cool. I did. I am. I, I'm just floored that something of this magnitude could happen in a town called Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> and what that is, of course, we're talking about the Secretariat statue, and it is a larger than life Secretariat monument. It's with freaking Ronnie huge. <laughs> it's huge. It is massive, and it is just fantastic. I got to see it when it was clay, and Jocelyn Russell, the sculptor, has. I mean. She, for want of not really knowing anybody else in town and my, me either, we're now friends. So I, I just go to the Crucible Foundry. You were the two in, outsiders who met. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I went there, oh gosh, last year, last February to interview her because we had seen something about it on Facebook. She said, come on out. And we've become kind of friends. We've had lunch a couple of times. She came and uh, watched me ride a couple of times. It's been really fun. So sadly... One of my only friends is now left, <laughs> but it was nice while it lasted. Was so she only jo- in town to build the statue? So yeah, she lives up in Washington State, oh, wow. and um, she has the, the the Crucible Foundry. It's a very big. Apparently, there's a huge place that makes statues here in Norman, Oklahoma. So she was hired to build it, and then started making it. And the foundry is the one that got hired to actually turn it into the bronze statue that it now is. So she gets hired for the job. She, she picks a foundry and she makes it, but she had to make it in the same town because you can't haul 
a piece of clay that far. <laughs> so she kind of made it here in Norman. And uh, it was so impressive to see it when it was clay. But OMG, you guys, this thing is redonkulous. I mean, it is huge. It's massive. It is perfect. It is beautiful. Well, you're five foot two, and you come up to just the, under the belly. <laughs> it's that big. It's that big. And so here's what happened. On It was going to leave on Tuesday, and it's heading to Lexington. I'll give you the details about that in a second. But I I said, I've got to come say bye. We call him sexy, S-E-C-X-Y, sexy. I got to come say bye to sexy. I got to kind of see him. So I go over, and I I hug his leg. And, yeah, I'm I'm on my tippy toes, basically, and I'm holding on to his, like, above his knee. He's so huge. And I give him a hug and Chad takes a picture and Chad takes a couple pictures and I posted it on Facebook. Glenn, I've never gone viral really for anything except for this picture. Can I tell you well, that there are things. uh sheath cleaning and this picture? Well, that's true. <laughs> uh 1.4 thousand likes uh shares right now. 1.4 thousand shares, 2,500 likes, over 300 comments, all of which are positive. And there's me hugging a dang leg. <laughs> if I would have known that it would have been shared around that much, because all those shares have individual shares. I don't even know how many there are at this point. Oh, we should have put I our logo have dressed on it. better. <laughs> yeah. See, put I'm thinking marketing, you're thinking dress. <laughs> I would have sucked it in. You know, like I'm wearing stretchy pants and like these barn shoes. I look a mess. I would have really worked a little harder for my appearance. But anyway, the point is Secretariat is on the move. He is I driving. Don't I think, think they were looking at you in this picture, to be honest. Not one person made a comment no, about no, me. So no. that's good. <laughs> Other than for size reference. That's the only I, reason. I did put in the post, listen to, to the most recent episode of Retired Racehorse I know, Radio. I, at least you got that in there. That was good. No link did, to I, it, but you you did put the words in. I couldn't get the link on my phone. I posted on the way home from the foundry. Glenn, now, I'm doing the best I can. Please tell me, please tell me, and I saw this was some of the comments that were on there, that you can be honest. You don't have to lie. That you climbed the ladder and got on top. Jocelyn did. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it's her statue. She should be the one to ride it. But yeah, and she did post pictures. If you will go to Jocelyn. I mean, you're not going to hurt it. It's bronze. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah. No, she hadn't ridden it by the time I got there. So she hopped up behind Ronnie after I left and they took some pictures. So uh, you can follow along with their journey to Lexington at Jocelyn Russell Secretariat Monument on Facebook. They're going through all, uh, you, you know, basically the, the, the whole entire journey. They're stopping along the way into like media tours and going to different places. And they were at a casino last night. Hard Rock put them up. It was great. So they're going to end up in the intersection of Old Frankfurt Pike and Alexandria Drive. It's a traffic circle. Yes, I do believe it deserves to be on top of a mountain, but this is where they're going to put it. They are going to unveil it. They're going to take it to Keeneland. Uh, because I think it's closing day, one of the closing days of Keeneland when they're finally getting to Lexington and there's the Secretariat Festival. So it just all worked out perfectly for them to get it all done. And it's well, where, beautiful. Where's it going? Where's it going to live? Old Frankfurt Pike and Alexandria Drive. Oh, in that's right. In that intersection or whatever. Yeah. yeah. We talked about it's a circle, I think. It, yeah, it's, it's literally two blocks from where we used to live. 
That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to I really hope that they have a parking area and police on hand because people are going to wreck when they see this thing. So can I ask you a dumb question? Because the colors are there now. And of course, the, the blue and, and all of that. Is that in the bronze or do they paint it? How do they get the colors on it? It's called patina, Glenn. That's what it's called. Yeah, but I and mean, is that's it in, all I know. <laughs> is it baked in, or I I don't know how they make the. Color. Yes, it is not painted. It the, the way that they do the bronze. I really should have learned a lot more. But she talked to me like I knew what she was talking, talking about, about. <laughs> and it's one of those people that's like, oh, you know, the patina this, and then they're going to do this, and then they did that, and I'm like, okay, okay. like <laughs> I would have sounded like an idiot had I asked more questions. I already asked. We'll have to get her on the show, and I'll ask the stupid questions. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'll be she in would love to come back. You did get one point three. <laughs> thousand shares 1300 on my own page that's good you made it public <laughs> i know and then i i shared it around on like the ottb connect page and all these people have shared it from all these are uh, it's insane i cannot believe what happened again i would have dressed better <laughs> you <laughs> look fine on. and the statue is just incredible i, mean, I can't oh, wait to see it kind of an odd spot for it to be honest I mean, that's, that's, you know, she got hired to build it and that was their I mean, plan. It's kind of an odd out of the way spot. <laughs> it really is. Um, like I said, it should be on top of, you know, Keeneland race course, or it should be, yeah, it, it should, should be, be like downtown. There's so many wonderful horse statues throughout Lexington, like Thoroughbred Park and all that. So I guess I wanted to, to spread the love. Um, but I'm sure there's some significance, like God, the town. It can't be cheap to get one of these made. Holy crap. You don't have to, I know you probably know, but you don't have to say it's probably yeah, I can't, not, I can't it's speak, not cheap. But I do know. No. It is not cheap. <laughs> no. And just the shipping and the hauling. I mean, my God, they, they actually have had to, she, Jocelyn had to buy a trailer to put it on, to take it to Lexington. Wow. And then they've got a deal with like a truck company. Like they've got the name of the Dodge Ford or whatever on the, on the front of it. And, uh, so she ended up working some, some magic there and they've got a caravan taking it and he is driving on a flatbed down the freeway. Uh, he's not in a box. He's not in the yeah, semi. I was surprised he, is, he wasn't out. covered or something. No, they couldn't because the way he's so big that if they put him in a tractor trailer, the, the, he wouldn't have fit in the, in the back of one of the semis. So they've got him just on the trailer and he is dry. I thought, I said, you're going to cause accidents. People well, are yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, actually, was this the, one of the biggest she's ever made? So she did the Audubon elephants that is at the zoo in, Oh, I'm going to miss the city. And she also, she's the one that did Sergeant reckless. The one at the Kentucky Horse Park and the one that's in uh, yeah, he North wasn't Carolina. that big, not this big. He was life size, if I remember right. She was life size, yeah. yeah. So, um, and then it was, yeah. So she did that one, but I can't imagine. She did these elephants that are massive, and they're at the zoo. And oh gosh, it's killing me. Just Google Audubon elephants, and and those are massive. I mean, they're ginormous elephants that are in a fountain. So they're probably bigger, but this is probably uh, more detailed. You know, I mean, the details on this, she, I like, I remember it her going, detailed. his hands, his hands are too big. I don't know what to do with his hands. <laughs> it is. Him? I mean, just the muscle tone, everything is, is incredible. The face, the face has the individual veins. I mean, it is very detailed. It is. It's yeah. incredible. I mean, I just think that, that he's like in the midst of drinking the wind as he's galloping and his intense expression and Ronnie's expression. His 80 foot stride. <laughs> she consulted with Ronnie two times, traveled up to visit with Ronnie Turcotte to consult with him about everything. I mean, she, she 
it's like getting into character. She gets into character for it. And mm. she's a really impressive woman. So anyway, Jocelyn Russell, Secretary at Monument, if you guys want to follow along. Very good. All right. Time for some Daily Winnie. Seems like forever since we've done these. That's true. Well, I did a bunch of birthdays on Monday to try and catch up. We have one today, and that is our auditor, and more importantly, our good friend, Kayla Benny, who we spent last week with. She came out and helped you out and was hanging around with us. It was a lot of fun. It was nice of her to drive all the way there from Maryland to just hang out with us for a couple days. She helped me with the freestyle. She's awesome. I love her. Yes, she is. She's terrific. Uh, So happy birthday to Kayla, and happy anniversary. It's her one-year anniversary of getting married, too. And also, thank you to comedian Pam stone for doing the facebook live in the auditor room the other night it was a lot of fun if you didn't get a chance to take a listen please do she tells stories of driving for a month with jay leno in a car and i mean she just has great stories and she's very funny so she was kind enough to do that she's a dressage rider out of north carolina and of course is still doing her comedy thing so pam stone was in facebook live the other night you'll find it it's pinned to the top if you're not an auditor yet to get exclusive content like that you just become an auditor for as little as three dollars a month by heading over to horseradionetwork.com and clicking on the auditor banner and you too can join the party in there my daily winnie goes out to somebody who she just has been amazing you met her larissa boker is a a girl who lives here in norman she was a she's a listener but she and i met right when i moved here we went to lunch and she's become one of my she was a listener before yeah, she was a listener oh, wow. before. I actually was horse shopping. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I know, and she still likes me. Uh, I was horse shopping, and she, I, I, she had posted a horse, and I said, uh, messaged her about it, and she's like, mm, "It's 15. I was like, "Oh, I'm looking for one like four for the makeover." Oh, t- sorry, thanks. She, and then she messaged me back, "Are you Jamie Jennings from the Horse Radio <laughs> Network?" And you went reluctantly. Uh, uh, I don't do know. know? Yeah. Why? <laughs> so we met for lunch and that's how we became friends. And she rode, she voluntarily drove two days there, spent three, four days at the makeover and then drove two days home. I cannot believe somebody would do that. But the reason she gets my daily Winnie is because on the way home, I don't think that in, in a, in a travel experience with horses that anything this scary has ever happened to me, knock on wood, I had a blowout on my trailer. And if you've ever had a blowout going 70 miles an hour, it it sounds like a bomb goes off in your trailer, this kaboom. And you and my eyes immediately cut to my rear view mirror. Like were you driving at the time? Yes, I was driving. And I looked back and I saw something which turned out to be the entire tire tread, the entire outside of the tire tread, blow off backwards. And for a second, it looked like Baby Groot flew out of the trailer. I mean, it's that terrifying when something like that happens. The door has gone open. The horse has flown out. I don't know what happened. It was awful. So I pull over immediately. Obviously, Groot is fine. Uh, He was still standing there. And, you know, you have two tires on the back. And we're on a freeway with no shoulder. And I'm like, I, 
I, I am too terrified to change his tire here. So we got on. She's like, we can just drive. She maps it. There's an exit a mile up the road. We can make it. There's a truck stop there. Perfect. So we get in the car and the truck and in a terrifying fashion, go about 35 miles an hour on the freeway with her hazards on while trucks and trailers and cars are <laughs> zipping around me. And I'm like that, like old lady driving. I get off the exit. We pull in to this truck stop and I pull up under where the, the trucks get gas. So it's really loud. And I'm, I'm, but at least I've got Groot in the shade. And so Oh my God, what do we do? What do we do? So I get my trailer aid out. I put the, if you do not have a trailer aid, Google it. Oh, and they get are the it. best things. You, you don't have, have to, one of those. Yeah. You don't jack up your trailer. You just drive on this because who wants to jack up? A, you know, you put this tiny little jack on your trailer and your horse walks around in the trailer and then you fall off the jacks. Now, this is your, baby Groot who loves trailers to begin with. He's so <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know how to fix a horse that doesn't like to ride? put him in the trailer for four days. <laughs> like <laughs> he got pretty good at it. So, um, so I get up on the trailer aid and we, I get all my tools out and I, I can't, you know, the, the, the tire is underneath the gooseneck part and I can't, I can't get it off. I can't get it off. And I look over and I see this. Well, Oh, you mean the I spare? Heard, yeah. The oh, spare they probably come had off. cranked it down with the, one of those drills. I heard this music, Glenn, and it was, it went something like, oh, like <laughs> angels. I heard this sound and I look out and I see this truck going by and it's, um, exit 97 truck stop repair, truck repair. I was like, what? This truck stop had a guy that fixes things. So I'm like, Way! <laughs> and so I flag him down and he comes over and of course he's like, I, I can't describe somebody who works on a truck, man, God love their wife. Cause they are greasy. And he gets out of the car. I'm like, can you help me please? And he's like, he looks at me. Well, don't tell nobody. This is Arkansas, by the way, don't tell no one. Cause I guess he's not allowed to help random people. He just does things for trucks. So he, he couldn't get the tire off. He has to get his compressor out, takes it off. And I was like, I never would have got that. Would I, would I, and he was like, no, never would have got it. <laughs> like I think he to get his compressor and he gets it off. He puts the tire on in like record time. And I swear to you within like 10 minutes of a blowout, we are back on the road. And I'm like, what do I owe I you? Saw angel? The picture of your tire. It wasn't, it was cut in half. I mean, it was, it was cut in yeah. half and it was scalped and exploded so it was a mess um so i i said angel angel of mercy how can i thank thee how can i pay you please and he's like uh 30 bucks and i'm like here's 40 <laughs> <laughs> thank you i was like your karma is cleansed my friend whatever you've done you've been forgiven <laughs> so we were back on the road anyway i wanted to thank him this man who this uh, awesome angel and Larissa who kept her cool. Cause I was not cool. Oh my God. Oh my God. She's like, just drive. It'll be fine. People <laughs> will go have around. two tires back there for a reason. That's yeah. But I'd never had that done. And I don't, I, I don't know. I'll, and then, then I'm like, do you have more tires, sir? Can I need a spare? And he's like, no, you gotta go to Walmart. I'm like, where's that? He's like about 15 miles South. I was like, nope, we're driving. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're you do make kind it. of worry about the other tires blowing out at that point, too. Totally. I did not cross over 55 all the way home. And I stayed like I kind of like straddled the middle. I was that guy. <laughs> I was that girl. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. And that is my daily long winded daily winning. And thanks to everybody who helped. And that was and the only thing that went wrong in this entire trip. Yeah, otherwise, it went pretty well. It really I really could not have been more pleased. And baby group and is that woman, very Larissa. She spent yeah. 24 hours a day with you for almost a week. God bless her. And we shared a bed. She even <laughs> okay, didn't even okay, get away. Double at night. God bless her. <laughs> she couldn't even get away at night. Oh my God. Well, go, speaking right? of the makeover, they did declare a champion. And that's uh, no surprise, I don't think, that uh, champion barrel racer Fallon Taylor, who's been on our shows before over the years, uh, she uh, she won the whole thing. She And she won the voting part, too, partly because she has a huge following in the barrel racer world. Uh, but she's, she's, you know, she is I awesome, couldn't, too. I couldn't be happier. I, I'm thrilled it was her. You know, she is a pioneer in the art of barrel racing because she bucked the system and wears a helmet. She wears a helmet and so many girls and guys, girls especially because they're barrel racers, have started wearing helmets because of her. If Fallon Taylor can do it, we can do it. And I really think she's changing the way and has been the way that barrel racing is perceived, you know, like it can be a safe sport. You don't have to be out there galloping around circling giant metal barrels at high speeds without a helmet on. And uh, I think she's awesome. And it, she's really nice, and I'm I, I just I'm really really pleased for her. Cowboy Swagger was her horse, so that's good great for, name her. for her. Yeah, good for her. And she's been a champion many many times over in the barrel racing circuit. But she she won the voting. Rosie Napravnik came in first, and she was in eventing the preliminary division. First of all, when I saw there was a preliminary division for these baby horses, <laughs> no, that's not. They didn't do prelim. The yeah. highest was. A couple training jumps. It says first place preliminary result. uh, I think it was the preliminary result when she was in first place. That's the way they kept calling that division. I don't know. Uh, It couldn't have been that high, though. Um, And then Allison O'Dwyer and fifth H, fifth ace, clinched the uh, win for dressage. And she won dressage in 2017. So apparently. Now she's just showing off. Yeah, she has a trend going there. Amy Bowers competed in freestyle and show hunter. And uh, she won the freestyle competition. Do you did you see hers? Do you know what she did? If it's the one <laughs> that I saw, not to be a hater, but mine was like way better. <laughs> <laughs> I think your horse jumped barrels, like two upright barrels at Liberty. Okay, it was awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> Although I would like to say on my scores, I got 24 out of 25 from one judge for degree of difficulty. Well, there you go. And 21 out of 25 for the horse's demeanor. The part that was crap was me just riding around. Yeah, that, the, the, the compulsory part. <laughs> the compulsory movements, which was half your score. Which is kind of like dressage, which isn't your favorite anyway. So No, yeah, baby yeah. Groot got great scores. Mine sucked. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> and so uh, competitive trail was won by Tony Harmon. Field Hunter was won by Sarah Katz. In polo, Buckshot. Ranch Work was won by Amber Jacobson. Show Hunter was won by Susan Deal, and Show Jumper was won by Catherine Deachman. So Deach. congratulations to everybody who competed. It was There was a lot of good horsemanship going on there at the horse park, and that was pretty cool. But before we get, to, before we get too far into the show and she has to go call somebody, 
uh, the before I went to Kentucky, I was down in Miami, and we were doing a episode of Finding Florida, and Jenny and I, well, she got to experience something for the first time, Jamie, and it was horsey. I'm so proud of you, Jimmy. How was Gulfstream Park? I've never well, been. I get on a horse. That would have been something to really be proud of. But I got to go to, yeah, I got to see my first horse races and had the time of my life. I, I had such a good time. It was so much fun. I get it guys i get it <laughs> you get it yeah it's really a, a entertaining yeah. amazing ask to her watch. how much she won but that was oh, obviously my next question and <laughs> um <laughs> i was also very excited that glenn didn't force me to wear one of those um what do they call it? fascinators fascinator. i didn't have to wear a fascinator <laughs> I, I i think i was in a t-shirt and jeans i was very happy about it <laughs> so did you did you actually bet on the horses jimmy um yeah, if that's what you want to call it. I mean, it was really just kind of like blind guessing. I call I it donating. Oh, I, I did. And I did. Exactly. And I tried to support Florida horses per the theme of our show. So, you know, I had to, I had some restrictions there. I at least could pick Florida horses, but at least that's my excuse for. Oh, all, all, I should have told you. I should have told you this. <laughs> What's the difference between a horse born in Kentucky and a horse born in Florida? Oh boy. I, is this going to be insulting? <laughs> About ten <laughs> strides, about so ten, ten links. links. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. The Florida horses we bet on didn't do so good. But that was my first time at Gulfstream. No, you didn't tell me this before we started <laughs> betting, Glenn. That was nice to know. <laughs> things... I would have had my on the record bet and then my under the table bet. <laughs> <laughs> Gulfstream is interesting. Uh, of all the racetracks I've been to, I've never been to that one. It is interesting because it's part of a huge shopping complex. Oh, There's really? like this huge yeah. mall there. There's a ton to do. Restaurants, shopping, all kinds of stuff. And then the... It's almost like you see a big plaza with a movie theater smack dab in the middle of it but instead of a movie theater it's a racetrack <laughs> yeah exactly and we went we couldn't even figure out how to get in the track part because you're walking through the mall and i mean we we ended up going through the track restaurant or the rest the big fancy restaurant to get to the track i don't even know if there was another entrance we couldn't figure it out so but when you're on the track side when you're on the grandstand side it's open on the far side and it's a complete view of miami the whole city's in front of you it, wow. it is it Beautiful. is really cool. Look, it's really pretty. It was really pretty. And Jamie, it was very romantic. Like it could have I was sitting there like, wow, this would have been a great like this could be a great date spot. So I don't know. I you know, obviously I've only been to one horse track, so I don't know, you know, I'm assuming not all not all horses tracks are equal. But pro tip guys, if you're taking a young lady on a date, horse racing, that's a great date. It is a great <laughs> the date. The skyline yeah. was gorgeous. There was lots to see and do. There are drinks. It's great she might have drank a little too. That might be where that came from. I don't know. Uh, oh, that's don't blame me. You, had, you were equally up, bellied up as I was. <laughs> I would like to apologize to you and the fact that you go to this super romantic place with Glenn. I was just like thinking Glenn. that myself, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to volunteer that. <laughs> I, know. I know. Well, you know what, Jamie? You can't have it all. <laughs> but it was really cool to look around and see how many families were there um how diverse the crowd was you know i don't know again because we were in miami if that's just a reflection of, of of the setting but the crowd was super diverse and um i just i thought it was so much it looked like so much fun and it occurred to me about halfway into being there that like honestly it could have been a completely free activity if you walk in there saying i'm just going to be there to have a good time and hang out 
and not spend money on drinks. <laughs> it really could have been a whole entire day of free entertainment yeah, for the they family. Didn't, so. They didn't charge us it, to get pretty in. Cool. There was didn't no. seem to be any no. charge to get in. Usually there's like three bucks or two bucks, whatever, but there was none. Yeah, I think Keelan's a dollar, so yeah. there's that. Yeah. No, it was fun. That's no, it, cool. We did pay. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> you donated. We both I'm definitely go... paid. <laughs> so, we definitely paid. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go call the guy. All right. <laughs> it was fun. It was a beautiful... I, I, I was pleasantly surprised at that track, just because most tracks have trees or stuff on the other side, so you can't see outside the boundary of the track. This was completely open, so you had the whole city right in front of you. It was pretty cool. So, so the tracks in California, like if you go to Del Mar... The other side is like the ocean. Okay. I okay. mean, it's ridiculous. And then um, Santa Anita it also has the the beautiful mountains in the background. So those are two you should put on your, your Finding California list uh, <laughs> because those are awesome too. She was she was like a kid in candy store. And, and pick, of course, we picked by name and she kind of picked by Florida and, and none of it worked out very well for us. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as usual. Horselovers.com. That's horselovers with a Z.com. You go there right now. They're having up to 77% off on brand liquidations. So I clicked on it and they have a whole ton of shirts right now that from Equine Couture who are on sale. Get this for $7. Um, <clears throat> so they're the long sleeve riding shirts. They have short sleeve riding shirts. Some of them are $7, some are $9. They have belts on sale for $9. Just goes on and on. They have the classic, uh, the Baker Classic polo shirts for $13 for polo shirts. They have saddle pads. They ha- It's just, there is eight pages of sales right now going on. Now, remember, with horse lovers, you have to go there right away. You can't wait. You can't put it off because these sales change all the time. So you have to go there and just buy the stuff. Just yep. subscribe to their to emails do. too because they'll even give you more stuff to to go look at on horselovers.com when we were in pony club tough rider breeches were the were the ones that were inexpensive and you could just wear them for you know bumming around a barn when you didn't want to wear your good ones they had those on sale right now for 21 dollars so they have the ladies' breeches, they have the kids' breeches, they have a t- a just more equine couture stuff than you can imagine. Um, and then there's also a bunch of Weatherbeta stuff on sale. Yes, that was the other thing I was going to say. Is they're having a Weatherbeta? It's like the anniversary of Weatherbeta or something. Um, so they're doing a big sale uh, uh, based on the anniversary of Weatherbeta. So go check that out today too. And then they always have their their. Um, giveaway and i'm trying to see what that is and i oh treats treats lick it treats so you get two hundred dollars worth of lick it treats oh my god there's a lot that's of a lick lot it of treats that's a lot of lick it treats <laughs> hope your horse likes lick it treats uh you can sign up for that to win as well horselovers.com is where you go for that all right our guest is ready let me play this it's time for the horses in the morning horse health report when our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap-lined equine products. 
And Dr. Loving has been on our show before, and we always appreciate it. Loving Equine Clinic in Boulder, Colorado is where she is. She's also an author of her book, All Horse Systems Go, the Comprehensive Veterinary Care and Conditioning Resource. Uh, is in full color. just covers all facets of horse care. Also has authored the books, Go the Distance for Endurance Horse Owners, Confirmation of Performance, and First Aid for Horse and Rider. So basically, when you break your horse and yourself, you can read that book. Um, well, we were going to talk a little bit about winter prep because those of us, Glenn, not included that now live in places that have winter, uh, he's in Florida. Now we get to learn a little bit about things. And I don't think there's anybody that would be a bigger expert than somebody that lives in Boulder, Colorado. Hi, Dr. Loving. Good morning. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Have you guys had snow yet? It is October 9th. I hate to say this, but we're about to have a foot of snow tonight and tomorrow at eight degrees. So people are listening. They need to get on it with their winter barn prep. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing we're having you on to talk about it then. So what are some of the things that you would do to start to get your barn ready for winter? Well, there are quite a number of things that are important for animal health and also for preventing accidents. And one big one that I think people overlook is how important ventilation is and good air exchange in the barn. And I'm afraid that some people tend to close up their barns at night and lock in all the microbes and um, noxious fumes that come from uh, urine-soaked bedding and all the ammonia that comes off of that. And also, if people didn't know, manure tends to release a lot of endotoxin, which is part of the uh, bacterial cell wall that comes out with the manure, um, and it also causes respiratory problems. So one thing to really work on is to make sure that you have good vents and if you have to put in any kind of filtration systems or um, air ventilation systems, this would be the time to start since, you know, we've got another month or two before it really gets to the heart of winter. Uh, Another thing is to keep the horse's immunizations up so that they're up to date on their respiratory vaccines like influenza and rhinopneumonitis. So that's a good starting place. Um, There are a lot of different other things that are important. Uh, Make sure that you have a place to compost your manure away from the barn. Make sure that the hay is covered well. Uh, so it doesn't get wet and then cause mold. So these are just some basic features of keeping the barn area and environment as healthy for the horses as possible. So question, and this is something that I, I think of every year. People love to blanket their horses, myself included, because I have thoroughbreds and, and a lot of them get really, really cold. And right. I, I've got, you know, the, the different types of blankets for the different temperatures from what I've experienced here and there. But, you know, a lot of people don't have the option, like they live at a, their horses live at a boarding stable. And so they'll blanket their horse at night because it's going to get down to, you know, 30 degrees. And the next morning they might not have the option to take it off until later in the day. And I always felt like the, the horse's is it better for them to be unblanketed all night long or get warm in the afternoon, the next afternoon? Well, it, it, some of this depends on if you've shaved your horse or not. If you don't shave your horse and they grow winter coat, they really don't need blankets. And, you know, around here, 
in the Rocky Mountains and on the front range of, of, of the Rockies, I tend to tell people if it's above 15 or 20, you don't need to blanket that horse. He's got, you know, provide plenty of hay um, as roughage, and that warms the horse from the inside out. But if it's going to get down below that, you might want to blanket. And, it, and if it's going to get that cold, the next day is likely not to be that hot until, you know, later in the morning. And so that should give you an ample opportunity to get out there and remove the blanket. Some barns will let you pay for a blanket um, service, if you will, where the help puts the blanket on at night and takes it off in the morning. So that's, that's one way to um, help with that situation. The other thing is um, I would urge people to, just before winter, to get their blankets cleaned and have safe places to hang them in the barn where the horses can't run into them in the aisleway. But you definitely want to keep those blankets hygienic and be sure to wash all the soap out because that can cause irritation to the skin. I, I love the fact that I have these uh, this barn that I built and I put the blanket racks on the door so it can slide back and forth. And then I also had the above, you know, there's no like, the horses can just stick their heads out. What I didn't plan on was my two-year-old, whatever stall she's in, she will reach out and take the blanket off of the blanket bar and pull it off and throw it in the middle of the barn now. So it constantly looks like I just throw crap on the floor. I'm like, I didn't do it. It's her. <laughs> I thought that was so smart. I was going to have this open plan and all this nods, whatever. So <clears throat> that is unusual though. Not most horses. Most horses don't do that. So yeah. <laughs> You got lucky you got me. A character. <laughs> lucky yeah. me. Uh, so, uh, the other thing I I wonder about is, uh, I just moved here from Arizona, and this is going to uh-huh. be my second winter, but my first with the barn. Uh, but how? What temperature? At, at what temperature is a normal average horse that does not live in Colorado? Uh, what when it rains? What temperature makes them cold? If they're wet. Well, it depends on the time of year. So, uh, yeah, you probably didn't have a lot of rain in Arizona. But um, if they've got a fur coat, you know, a pretty good hair coat, then they that shields them quite a bit from getting chilled. But if the problem that we see is in the spring when they start shedding, and then around here we get the, the rain that turns to snow and they're soaking wet, and, it, and even if it doesn't turn to snow, the temperatures drop precipitously, and they get really cold, so it's nice if they have a run-in shed. And if that's not available, then if you know the weather's going to be inclement like that, you go ahead and put on some kind of like a polar fleece with a Gore-Tex sheet over the top of it. So there are ways to manage this, but I don't know that there's a set temperature per se, but just know that if your horse's hair coat is shedding out or hasn't grown in yet for the winter, they're going to get chilled. And again, if, you keep free choice hay in front of them, and that helps warm them from the inside out. So if a horse is shivering, uh, Mary, our listener, uh, I'm talking to you. She says that the horse is shivering is a good thing. To me, I don't want to shiver. Like, I don't like shivering. No. So if well, the horse shivering, is shivering. Yeah, shivering is a way for the muscles to be activated to, to generate heat. And so if the horse can't walk around and move, this is the other way that the muscles start to move and, or, and that generates heat. And so it's a normal process for any mammal to shiver. It doesn't mean that they're totally comfortable, but it's also not a bad thing and it can, it can help them stay warm. But it does burn calories, so then you have to compensate for those calorie losses by feeding more. So I just I need to shiver more <laughs> and then I'll burn more calories. Yeah, shiver more. 
Okay, yeah. got it. You learned nothing else. Really, Go ahead. I want to bring up one really important thing about barn prep, and that's the water system. And most people have either tank heaters or they have electric water systems. And you want to make sure that those, first of all, that the electric wires are covered with something a horse can't bite into because they'll electrocute themselves. And the other thing is you want to make sure that there's not a short in the water because even the slightest short will cause those horses not to drink, and then you have all kinds of health problems like colic. So um, if everybody could pay really close attention to their water systems, you know, however they use them to keep the water wet instead of frozen, um, make sure that the horses can't get electrocuted and then they don't get shorted out. So what do you, you personally use in Boulder, Colorado to, for your horse's water? Um, Name the I brand. Like yeah, well, my horses have always lived up in the mountains and without shelter and um, with a, st- a stock tank. And I like the stock tank heaters that go all the way to the bottom so that the electrical, um, the, the coil is down in the bottom of the tank where they don't access it. And then I run the wire through a PVC pipe and then run it out to the uh, corral and into an electrical outlet where they can't reach it. And I find those work really well. They have thermostats on them. So that's what I've used always. That's amazing. There's so much science in it. Um, so... Anything else you want to leave? We're coming into winter. It is starting to get cold. You guys are going to get snow. What is the one most important thing you would like to to communicate? <laughs> oh, all these things are important. Um, <laughs> the one I, must I do. The one the must one do. most important thing. The two most important things are uh, your water systems and your respiratory health. And the respiratory health also includes, you know keeping mold out of your hay, um, good air exchange, wherever, the, you know, turn them out more and have them living outside as much as possible. Uh, don't lock up the barn, keep the windows open and keep the doors open for ventilation. And also I, w- I would urge people to, you know, check your gutters and drainage systems so there aren't icy spots where you can slip and slide and fall down and your horses won't fall down. And Perfect. the tractor's in working order. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, so where can people find you and all of your books? Um, the books are available um, on Amazon and as well as uh, Trafalgar Square Publishing. And um, I hope people will take some time and read some of these this information. There's a lot there to learn. Dr. Loving, Nancy Loving, Loving Equine Clinic in Boulder, Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. I've got some work to do. And good luck with the storm tonight. Okay. We'll think about right? you yeah. out there shoveling the gates. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, and have you, have a great winter season. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. I, I, oh, I forgot about shoveling our... snow. Oh. At the gates. Remember the gates? You have to shovel the gates every time. Oh, it's a pain. And then, if you remember right... Uh, you, well, you'll learn this year. This year, uh, r- the snow all gets packed down right in front of the gates where the horses stumble it, and then you get a little bit of rain, and it all freezes over, and it's an ice sheet right in front of the gate where you take the horses in and out. Oh, the memories! Hey, do you have any extra stalls available in your barn? <laughs> <laughs> so I noticed that a bunch of the auditors were posting this morning that live in Michigan and up that way that they're also expecting a foot of snow tonight. Oh my God! It just seems so early for that. Ugh. Anyway. You know who else lives up there is Jared Rogerson, and uh, he sings oh, God, some songs. Oh, he's in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, he's getting it. Uh, we did a special with him that 
We got a lot of comments on this uh, this musical special we did with Jared a couple of weeks ago. Because he's flipping adorable. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I really love him. Like, it's an unhealthy thing. <laughs> well, he did, <laughs> he's so great. He did a new album, and if you didn't hear it, go back and ta- so uh, take a look at the, our feed, and you'll find the Jared Rogerson musical special. This is off of his new album. It is called Feel Alive, and we're coming back with a crappy list, and I'm going to put... Oh, I've got weird news, too, and uh, it involves Florida, and Jimmy has to hear this. We yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to throw you and Jimmy under the bus first before your oh, weird Lord. news. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You feel the fear in the canyon In the pouring rain It gets so cold up here This time of year And the mountain can make you a king And a pawn at the very same time So you Promise God that you'd give anything To make it out of here You really live You could really die That's how it feels To feel alive You wipe that scared look off your face And keep riding down the trail Fighting timber and mud Raging river and slippery stone There's a flash of light on the canyon wall Help falls from the sky to you down below Washing out the trail Feed you home You really live When you could really die That's how it feels To feel alive Shelter in slow motion But it's motion that feeds your heart's desire Though you covet warmth From the hidden sun It's times like this That you burn with, burn with fire That's how it feels To feel alive
That's how it feels to feel alive. You really live when you could really die. That's how it feels Well, that was Jared Rogerson with Feel Alive. That is part of his new album called Branch of the Tree, and you can get that at jaredrogerson.com. Well, most of you know that we use Wintech saddles here at the Horse Radio Network studios in Florida. And as a matter of fact, I saw Jennifer ride by in her Wintech here just a couple of minutes ago. And we've used them since they came out in the 1990s here in the United States when they were brought over. Well, you'll be excited to learn that Wintech is having a model clearance sale right now. They're having new models coming out soon. So they're trying to get rid of some of the old models, just like cars have new models come out. Don't miss these deals across the Wintech range. You're going to get 25% off the retail of selected current models that include the Wintech 500 All Purpose, the Wintech Pro Jump, the Wintech Isabel, and the Wintech Pro Endurance, plus many more. So it's the perfect opportunity to get a lightweight, comfortable saddle that's weatherproof. It's the reason we have them here in Florida because we don't have to bring them in the house like the leather ones because they don't mold like the leather ones. They're easy care. You just hose them off. As a horse husband, they're approved. Uh, and they're great in the winter because they can withstand the snow and the mud and the rain. They're, they're just terrific that way. You can find an official supplier right here online or locally. Just go to their website, go to WinTech's website, and you'll find a complete list of their suppliers right there and their dealers. Um and or just check out your local retailer. They're bound to have WinTech. There's a bunch of the online retailers that do as well. And you'll find the sale on most of the home pages right now, up to 25% off of Select Saddles. So WinTech, uh, and they're also, by the way, sponsoring the grand prize. Your choice of any WinTech saddle again at Radiothon. So I can officially make that announcement. So, uh, but you don't want to wait. Go get yours today. WinTech saddles. All right, guys. This is for both of you. I have like 30 hosts on the Horse Radio Network, and they're all a little type A. Mo- yeah, they're all a little type A. I seem to have a. What does that say about your deficiency? Uh, yeah, Lynn? I know, I know. Well, I found this. <laughs> I, found, I found this list uh, <laughs> that is called the Eleven Signs Your Personality Is So Intense That It's Intimidating to Others. Uh, and uh, I just want to go down through this list with the two of you, and we'll see where you fall and how intimidating you are. Okay. Jamie, I don't know about you, but I feel like we're being set up. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) I get to set you up for a change. Speaking of Jamie, she seems to have disappeared. Did you notice she's not talking at all? I am right here. I'm listening. I just don't want to come. Okay. How about about this one? Number one, (laughs) to see if you're intimidating to others. Uh, You are not very patient with people who want to waste your time. Ding, ding, check mark, both of you. Well, ding, ding, ding. I don't have a lot of time to waste. Jeez, get on the program and <laughs> shut off. At what point was somebody like, hmm, I really like hanging out with people who waste my time. That's so fun. <laughs> Said no one ever. Number two on the list, you're far too open-minded. <laughs> and when did that become a bad thing, by the way? I just... Uh... 
Uh, wow, I like to listen you. to everybody's opinions and make my own decision about it. That is so weird. <laughs> Such a jerk. I didn't say that this is crappy list Wednesday. I found a really crappy list this time. Um, we are going to figure out a way to be mad at you at the end of this. Just say <laughs> you're pretty crappy, Glenn. <laughs> How about number three? You solve problems rather than back down. Apparently, that makes you aggressive and scary. Okay, that's. There you go. <laughs> no, it means that we take care of business. I feel like apparently this list you're is, Jimmy, I feel like this list is showing how awesome we are. <laughs> I, exactly. But I feel I like, like I deserve a case after this. You'll like number four then and number five. Um, you like habits. You like schedules and consistency. I think this is one where Jamie falls off a little. No, actually. that's not me at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, you like habits a little more, but you're not even in that category either, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I, I like habits just because, like I said, I don't have time to waste. And that also includes uh, time to think. You've seen my, like, my wardrobe over this last couple of years. It doesn't change much. No, I, don't, no, I, doesn't. I have a habit of wearing the same thing. I threaten to I take her shopping, eat, I have a habit of ordering fact. the same thing. <laughs> I don't have time to sit there and make this. So we're at Gulfstream, and I said to Jemmy, you want to go shopping? Look at all these nice shops right here. So, yeah. That's... <laughs> started to get hives on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So neither one of you like habits. You know what she's better at than both of us, though? Uh, Jemmy is much better at making lists. She actually writes things down. We're, we're not <laughs> Um, number five, you do things with gusto. Well, that, you're both a check marked on that one. Okay, number six, which is what makes you intimidating to others, you're brutally honest. Yeah, you both kind of fall. So I would like to say that my husband, <laughs> yeah. Chad, has, you know, he welcomes me into the family. We moved to Oklahoma and he's like, I just want to thank you. You're the first person to ever be completely honest with my family. However, <laughs> I'm glad he likes it. I don't think the rest of the people have yeah. much appreciated. Yeah, you don't get invited <laughs> over much, do you? Uh, it's amazing how the family has fallen off. Like, <laughs> funny, endless. <laughs> yeah. And I venture to guess, too. The reason I like this list is I was thinking, this is most horsewomen. This is how where most horsewomen fall. How about number seven? You know what you want, and you don't let anybody stop you from getting it. <laughs> check, Again, check. These are like compliments. <laughs> if you think that about me, thank you, thank you. Yeah, um, intimacy. Power. Intimacy does not scare you. You're both the huggiest people I've ever met. So I'm going to put check, check on that one. Um, you can see I, that, yeah, I hug you I, just to throw you off so you don't sit there and ask me actual real questions and to find out about my life and actuality. <laughs> <laughs> it's a defense mechanism. See, and I've actually become not a huggy pe person except for with people that I'm really close with, but I would like to say that uh, you say, say, say that statement again, Glenn. Um, intimacy does not scare you. Intimacy means that I feel like I should be naked all the time, but I like intimacy. I don't think that's what they were implying. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if that's me or not. Because, yeah. Um, this is really a crappy list. Nope. You can see people's BS and you think shallow relationships are a waste of your time. Uh, uh, this, this is a crappy is so list. So true. <laughs> I agree with this one. Yeah. What's well, true? So apparently you're both very intimidating. Can I just ju tell you that a synonym <laughs> for intense, yeah. by the way, is yeah. passionate. So thank you. And passionate I, people scare people right. too, to be honest. <laughs> think about it. I mean, 
So basically, Jimmy, what he's saying is You're we are terrifying. awesome and scary. <laughs> We're yeah, awesome, and he's lucky, lucky to have us. That's what <laughs> I heard. I should have done this, actually, on Horse Husband's episode. That It probably fit better there. And then we could all turn around and show our whip marks. <laughs> Okay. That's it. That's not. There's not actually physical evidence of the whip marks. It's all mental, Glenn. <laughs> because that's how passionate we are. Y'all are scary sometimes. Just let me say that. Right. Wait, I don't use a whip. All right. Once again, I'm excusing myself to go call the guest. <laughs> um, the queen is hiring. There's a job opening. So oh if you get if the family kicks you out of Oklahoma because you're too intimidating and scary and you say what you think, you can go get a job for the queen. You know what? That sounds like a perfect job for me. Let's go from <laughs> somewhere my family kicks me out of because I'm too intense to the reg rigors of Buckingham. Palace. I'm sure the like, queen will love you. I'm, I'm sure, sure it'd fit perfect. right in. Well, they're hiring <laughs> a liveried helper to work full time exercising training the horses and to make sure they're ready for royal activities. The ideal applicant will have a passion for horses who looks forward to knowing that your horses are ready to perform on a world stage. If you're hired, you get to live at Buckingham Palace, and you make, how much do you think you make work for the Queen? Uh, $1 billion a year. Uh, no, not quite. Uh, how about 27000 a year? So, But Pops. you do get your expenses paid. Apparently, the Queen doesn't pay much. David Saunders told us that when we interviewed not him. Not to be whatever, but 27,000 pounds is like $40,000 plus housing. No, 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 no. that's American money, $27,000. Which is oh. just above minimum wage. <laughs> I still probably would have killed for that living in Buckingham <laughs> oh, Palace. Oh, and yeah. And uh, you'll be present at ceremonial activities that are enjoyed by millions. You're going to be on TV. The job requires you to keep the royal muse at Buckingham Palace in royal condition by making sure the stables, harnesses, and saddles are clean. We did go there. We went to the royal muse when we were uh, in London and got to see... They, now, the horses were gone. We were so disappointed. They were all up in Scotland. I didn't realize that when she goes and does her summer Scotland thing she brings all the horses with her there were two left you, for show like i was a working student and i would get yelled at for not folding the blankets the correct way i still have nightmares about it i cannot imagine the nightmares you would have about doing things the wrong way at buckingham palace <laughs> like how you did not polish this all the way you know what i mean like i there's i'm not a type enough for that you know the part we toured i was surprised um it looks like a working barn it's not palatial you know like we see in some of the middle eastern barns right where everything's polished to polish because the queen keeps it real yeah well it does they do actually it was kind of neat to be there where you know you've seen them you know hitching up for the royal parades and all that stuff uh by the way you get to take train the windsor grays and the cleveland bays that pull the royal carriages and you'll be able to participate with the coachman in Ooh, riding driving and driving my the horses Love driving. It's so yes, fun. I know. And you love driving <laughs> in a city filled with millions of people in a royal parade on TV to billions of people. That would be right up your alley. My God, my dream. I'm moving to, I'm moving to England. <laughs> One more uh, story before we get to our guests is there's a little property for sale that you're all going to want to take a look at in Virginia right now. It just came up for sale. It has room for 100 horses. And you can have your own steeplechase that, and by the way, you have room for 20,000 people to attend your steeplechase. Uh, it has 1,100 acres and it's legendary and it now has come up for sale. It actually served, uh, a skirmish was held here as the pre, uh, or was 
happened on the grounds of this property before the Battle of Gettysburg. So they skirmished here and then headed up to Gettysburg. Uh, it, it, it's pretty nice. Um, it's called, uh, they used to have the Langolin Cup there, steeplechase. And it's now up for sale for the first time. The barn is in the shape of a horseshoe and is pretty darn cool looking. I mean, it is really cool looking. And they have Oh my a- God, this is a palatial estate. I it mean, is. insane. It is insane. It has 11 bathrooms. The rooms have all of that really gaudy rich people uh, wallpaper. Uh, I don't know. Are rich people the only ones that put that wallpaper up anymore? You never see that anymore. I just think that they haven't updated it in a while. So this is a beautiful Virginia horse country (laughs) Middleburg palatial estate that those of us, we would pay like, um, you know, $15 to tour. Well, you'll be happy to know it's now for sale for the mere price of $34 million. You can own yeah. this for yourself. I'll and take it. Invite 20,000 of your friends over for a party, apparently. You'll fit them just fine. 1,100 acres. All right. Next, we're going to a regular segment we're going to do here on the show. We had Stanford Moore on from Black Rains Magazine a while back. And we had so many people commenting on how entertaining he was and how they loved the segment. And, you know, the auditors were all talking about it that I asked Stanford if he would come on once a month and do a regular segment here on the show. And Stanford agreed to that. Good morning, Stanford. Good morning. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this and for joining us once a month. We really appreciate it. I am so honored to be a part of the show. I'm glad to, I'm just so honored and glad to be here. Now tell everybody, just give them a reminder before we introduce your guest, the people who missed that first segment, what is Black Rains Magazine? And just tell us a little bit about it. Well, Black Rains Magazine was founded back in uh, 2013, and it was simply uh, to focus on uh, African-American horsemen, equestrians, and uh, ranch and farmers and uh, cowboys and cowgirls around the country. I just wanted to bring a spotlight to them and give them a platform to shine. I think uh, over the years, we've kind of, uh, the, the the spotlight has been taken away over the years. And I just wanted to give them something back because I think diversity is a good thing. And uh, we've got a lot of people that love everything that that's going on here with your show and around the country. And, and uh, I just wanted to highlight some of the people because a lot of the, our older generation is dying off and there were a lot of great uh, jockeys and horse trainers uh, in our past and, uh, and, you know, never got there just due. And I just wanted to create a platform so we can lift them up and give them some honor. Well, wow, you did a good job with that. It, the, the articles are well-written. It's really cool. Give the website right away here so people can check it out. Uh, it, the, the website is blackrains.com, but where the excitement and party happens is you can go to Facebook, uh, Black Rains, uh, facebook.com forward slash blackrains, and you can join the conversations. It's a very interactive community. You can also find us on Instagram at Black Rains Mag and Twitter at Black Rains Mag. So the conversation can not end just on this call. It can come and join our platform. We the People share articles and stories uh, of their parents, grandparents, and people that uh, handlers at their stables and barns or beautiful show barns around the country. So uh, it, we would love to have all your listeners. Sounds good. Well, you're going to bring, you have, we talked yesterday and Stanford was so excited because he has so many guests lined up already for our monthly segments. But you're, <laughs> why don't you introduce your first guest and uh, we'll talk to him a little bit. Uh, 
I'm so honored to bring you guys a guy that I have so much respect for, and that's Mr. Melvin Cox. Uh, Mr. Melvin Cox is uh, he's a he's a he's a founder and of uh, Horse Quest International, and he has an awesome event coming up uh, in uh, October uh, 19th. It's a a Tom Bass seminar, and what that what that seminar is, I'll let him allude to a little more about what it is. But I'm so excited what he's doing in the African-American community, uh, uh, bringing the, the, the conversations like we're having today to the forefront. And so we can do a better job at uh, bringing uh, focus to uh, and diversifying uh, our sport that we love. And so I would love to bring him on right now. Dr. Uh, uh, Mr. Melvin Cox, are you on the, on the line? Uh, yes, I am. Good, good. I'm so honored and glad that you took time out today to join us on the call. My pleasure. Absolutely. Well, I want my host to introduce themselves. So, uh, Melvin, you're on with uh, Jamie and Glenn here, and we really appreciate you stopping by. I was reading the article on some of the things you're doing around Africa, and it's just fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we are extremely excited about the event that's taking place next Saturday uh, in North Carolina. And that is, uh, as Stanford was saying, the 2019 Tom Bass Seminar. It's going to be held at the Tryon International Equestrian Center, which, of course, was the site of last year's FEI World Equestrian Games and World Championships in eight equestrian disciplines. So we're very honored to have their support and also the support of the community in presenting this first-ever seminar on diversity in equestrian sport. I saw that actually. I think that one of uh, one of our regular contributors to the show, Leslie Leslie Wiley Bateman, is going to be attending that. I just saw that this morning. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Leslie has kindly agreed to be one, uh, along with Stanford and several other individuals, uh, one of the panelists uh, at the Tom Bass uh, seminar on the nineteenth well, of October. What do you hope to do? What What do you hope happens there? What's the goal? Well, it's very simple. We're hoping to just make people aware. Uh, of the history of African-Americans and other people of color in the equestrian field. Uh, we're hoping to inspire some, some young people, some children and teenagers, that there are very rewarding careers available to them in the equestrian uh, world, in the horse world. Uh, we're hoping to inspire some, some adults, some entrepreneurs who uh, may have overlooked the horse market. It's a $50 billion market. Uh, we're hoping to inspire some some companies to uh, become involved uh, in marketing their products and services to that $50 billion market uh, called the equestrian industry in the United States of America. Wow, that's good stuff. Well, well, tell us about, give us a rundown of how that event is going to go on. Let's, let's break that event so people can know what they get when they get there. All right. There, there, it's actually... Of what we're calling the Day of the African Equestrian. This will be the second year that we've done this. Uh, we did it last year around the World Equestrian Games. Uh, it was very important that we honor those athletes uh, who came from Africa, from the Caribbean, from other parts of the world uh, to try on for the World Equestrian Games last year. And we were quite successful, and we decided to do it uh, yet again. And so the Day of the African Equestrian, uh, October 19th, 
2019 is going to be an adjunct to the five-star show jumping competition, which is actually the qualifier for next year's Olympic Games in Tokyo uh, that's being held at the Tryon Equestrian Center. Uh, We've been able to uh, garner their their support. Uh, They've been absolutely wonderful in in making this happen along with us. Uh, And it's a two-part presentation. In the morning from uh, 10 a.m., uh, into the afternoon, 2 p.m., we're going to have the Tom Bass Seminar at the Tryon International Equestrian Center. And then in the evening, we're having the second annual Day of the African Equestrian Gala, uh, which will be held at Harambe Farm uh, in the Green Creek Township area of Polk County, North Carolina. So it's a, it's a two-part uh, celebration, but uh, we really, really are looking for uh, members of the community to come out and support this event to you know, show the world that we do exist. Absolutely. So well, I, I love it. Well, give us, go ahead. Yeah, go I was ahead, just going to say ahead. too, I know that you in the past have run trips uh, to Africa. And when we were, we did the World of Question Games radio show and Samantha and I, we, we actually talked to some representatives from Africa. And there's a lot of challenges, obviously, because if you're a professional rider in Africa, getting your horse out, you know, legally is, is trouble because of the diseases and things. Yes, so they yes. have extra challenges there, don't they? The professional riders. They certainly do. I mean, the Afri- the, the uh, African uh, sleeping sickness uh, has forced many of the top riders that are based in Africa to actually do their training in Europe and other parts of the world. And this is an ongoing, an ongoing issue. Obviously, you're talking about distances. You're talking about probably the, the highest cost uh, per mile uh, of any location in the world. So a number of the top athletes have you know, resettled in other parts of the world, in Europe, and I believe uh, a few here in the Americas. Yeah. Uh-oh. Ellen? Stanford? Yeah. I, I, I was like, uh, during your travels, I, I, I noticed during your travels uh, early in your early years of where you took some students back to Africa, what are, the, what are the, some of the, the biggest shock that you found in those students that you took back to Africa? Um, my, my other job, uh, is as a lecturer at the university of California in Santa Cruz. And, uh, I'm now in the sixth year of a program that we call focus on Africa. And it is a program that is primarily dedicated towards creating a viable constituency for the continent, both on the UC Santa Cruz campus and also in the home communities of the students who participate in the program. We've been very, very successful in raising awareness from students from all backgrounds uh, about Africa. I have a number of students who, uh, quite frankly, have come into the course and said, wow, we know nothing about Africa. We have all these preconceived notions, and we find out that everything we thought we knew was wrong. And so it's been our uh, job, our, our duty, to expose the students to the realities of the continent and whenever possible to take groups of students uh, to uh, conferences, to other uh, safari type uh, adventures uh, across the continent. And it has worked wonders. We have students who never thought that they would be able to travel 
uh, overseas and through the Focus on Africa program at UC Santa Cruz have been able to do so uh, and have been richly, richly rewarded, not just in their travel experience, but really in their life experience. And we've seen uh, several of the young men and women uh, come into the program and then go on to do quite wonderful things. I have a couple of former students who are now working at the University of California in Santa Cruz. I have another student that was recently accepted to the Peace Corps and many, many, many of my students uh, through this program are now, of course, working for some of the largest companies in Silicon Valley. Awesome. Good. Yeah, it's, it's really changing lives. It is. It is definitely. And so how do, how do you think, uh, especially young African-Americans, getting involved in the sport of horse, you know, the horse sport, that how do you think that can impact us as a, a whole other opportunity out there for us to explore? Well, horses teach discipline. And if you are taking care of an animal, you have to put that animal first. It takes you out of the me first syndrome and it becomes a very disciplined lifestyle that lasts not just, you know, for the years that you have a horse, but actually throughout your life. And that's a good thing. We need discipline. We need to get out of the me first syndrome. We need to be thinking about uh, others and we really need to build communities and horses teach those values. Yes, it does. Let's go back in history. I know you guys named it the Tom Bass Seminar. What gave you, take us back a little bit on the history and shed some history on some of the great uh, horsemen and trainers that we had of the past and why it's so important for our youth today, especially from an African-American standpoint, to know their history and uh, all the greats that we had before. Well, obviously, we, we, we start with the, the early jockeys. And if you go back into the history of horse racing in America, you look at events like the Kentucky Derby, uh, the first, first Kentucky Derby was won by a horse trained by an African-American and ridden by an African-American. Uh, in the early days of horse racing, African-American trainers and jockeys dominated the field. Um, we have specifically named this seminar on the 19th of October for Tom Bass, who is a rather interesting individual. He was born in Missouri. Uh, in, and he was born enslaved. Uh, he later uh, went on to become the most renowned horse trainer and rider of his era. Uh, some of the horses that he trained uh, went on to become very, very famous, uh, both in the performance arena and also uh, in, the, in, in the breeding shed. Uh, Tom Bass performed in front of numerous celebrities, uh, numerous U.S. presidents, uh, the Queen of Roma- Romania, uh, just a number of very famous people of the day brought their horses to him to train them. And this was a man who was born enslaved, you know? Uh, so these are the type of stories that I believe need to be taught, not just to African-American children, but to all children. You know, we can all gain inspiration from a story like that of Tom Bass. So. Yes. So where uh, can can everybody go to the seminar? How's that work? And where can people find more information? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, the the seminar is open to the public. The seminar is a free event uh, sponsored by the African Connections Research and Education Fund, Incorporated, uh, and uh, Sports Quest International. Uh, we encourage members of the public uh, from all walks of life to to join us 
on the 19th of October uh, at the Triangle International uh, Equestrian Center. Um, information on both the seminar and the gala that evening at Harambe Farm uh, is available online. You can go to our website, which would be sportsquestinternational.com slash D-O-T-A-E, Day of the African Equestrian. Again, it's sportsquestinternational.com slash D-O-T-A-E. Uh, we're also on Twitter uh, under SportsQuest. Uh, so information is available. Uh, we would love to have as many members of the public come and enjoy the celebration as possible. And for our listeners, our our friend Leslie Wiley Bateman is going to be there as well. Well, thank you both for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Stanford, for setting this up. Of course, it's Black Rains Magazine. Uh, you can find, just search for it, and you'll find it very easily on Facebook or uh, on their website. We appreciate you both stopping by. I know you're moving, Stanford. Good luck with that. And we'll talk to you again next month. Thank you so much. Take care, awesome. guys. Awesome. Have a blessed day, everybody. Okay, thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks. So um, it's interesting to hear them talk about that. We had Jennifer Osborne on. She, I think she was on Friday's show that we did from the Kentucky Horse Park, and she was riding there as an eventer, and, and she's African-American out of Las Vegas and also a firefighter. And and it was interesting, the question when Joy interviewed her, the question, it was also on Retired Racehorses last episode, they asked her, you know, or Joy said, hey, look, you know, what's it like to be African-American in this sea of white here at the horse park? And she said, you know, it's been my whole life. I get stared at my whole life, whether I'm a firefighter or here riding a horse. She said, I thought this was interesting. She said, yet when I wear my cowboy hat, nobody looks at me. And nobody stares at me when I wear my cowboy hat. And I, I got to awesome. I want to follow that up to find out why she thinks that is. Uh, but it was an interesting comment. You can hear her interview. She was fascinating and so much fun to watch. She was right after you and everything you wrote in. And I know, so, I yeah. know. I was so, yeah, it was really cool to see her. Her horse was a lot calmer than mine yeah. was in dressage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was, uh, she was fun to meet. And I got to chat with her for about a half an hour the one day. So anyway, you can find it at Black Rains Magazine. All right. All right, first of all, I want to give you an update. Um, Secretariat, sexy, is making his way. Uh, let's see. She, he just left Tulsa, and now he's heading to Lebanon, I believe. I'm going to get the exact location here. For, heading to the Harley-Davidson in Lebanon, Missouri, for right now. So if you want to follow along, again, go to Jocelyn Russell Secretary, Mo- Secretary Monument. They've been doing Facebook um, Lives, too, I see. I, I yeah, see her popping in every of- once in a while. Yeah, lots of them. So it's really entertaining. Well, I've got some weird news for you. And I've got something that Jemmy may want to pay attention to if she's got a new show about the people of Florida. Would you like that? Or are we out of time? What do you think? Should I? (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to. (laughs) We're going to start in California, okay? In California, it was the final day of Paris Fashion Week. And, um,. There's a guy who is a notor- notorious celebrity harasser, okay? The, the, it's like his job to, like, harass celebrities and try to, like, go viral. And so Justin Timberlake arrives at the Louis Vuitton show with wife Jessica Biel on Tuesday morning. And I'm not going to say his name because I don't think he needs any more. Uh, please tell me he got punched in the face. Please, please, please. Well, this it, I, I'm going to start with the Louis Not Vuitton that I encourage show. violence or anything. So he jumped out of the crowd and tried to tackle Justin Timberlake. Oh, 
grabbed a hold of his right ankle. Jessica Peel's like super confused. Security jumps in and drags this guy away. So they have not made any sort of like statement about it. But turns out this guy has a history of doing things like this. Like, let's go. Uh, mm-hmm. Exactly. You know where this is going. In 2016, Bella had did the model. He grabbed her from behind and picked her up in the streets of Milan. She elbowed him in the face. Let me go. Uh, yelling, let go of me. How scary would that be? It was, you don't have well, to be a slut. the world to do this. <laughs> that same year. He, that's commitment. Yeah, it's that's commitment. Right. He was in Milan. Now he's we're going to go to. He, maybe he's a or whatever that list was that you gave. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we, we share some of the same strengths. He's intimidating. <laughs> uh, they, now he, we're going to head to Paris Fashion Week that same year in 2016. He grabbed hold and tried to kiss Kim Kardashian's butt during the what? show. Yeah, he leapt out and tried to kiss Kim to Kardashian's butt. To be honest, it is butt. a big target. So I just think. 2014. <laughs> It's the Screen Actors Guild Awards in Los Angeles. This guy jumps out of the crowd and grabs Bradley Cooper and hugs his crotch face in the well, wiener. He's not choosy male female, is he? <laughs> he also did oh the same God. thing that year to Leonardo DiCaprio. Not in jail after all anyway, that's like, my question. Leo, Leo, my Leo, he jumped out and grabbed him at the Santa Barbara Film Festival, did the same thing, face planted now in his crotch. you were right beside Leo at a party, and you didn't even do that. I may have spit on his shoulder. I it's not important. yourself. <laughs> it's a whole other story. I'm not getting into it now. Because um, <laughs> that is an embarrassing moment. moment. Yeah. It is the most embarrassing moment of my entire life, is being in a bar next to Leo and being unable to physically speak like a normal human. Uh Months later, apparently he tried to crawl under America Ferreira's dress in How to Train Your Dragon premiere part two. And then that year at the Cannes oh, Cons that's Film how you Festival, get a stiletto to the eye. I'm sorry. <laughs> he punched Brad Pitt at the Maleficent premiere in oh, Los geez. Angeles. Then all the way back in 2012, he tried to kiss Will Smith on the lips. At the Moscow premiere, really? Moscow Again. premiere of Men How in Black. How is he Street. not in jail? Yeah, some Smith of these countries him. are pretty tough on their on their uh, you know criminals. How did how did not end up in the gulag and in, in somewhere What's in amazing Russia? Is the Screen Actors Guild Awards to be on the sidelines of any of these things? You have to have credentials, or you have to go through a lot of security. How did nobody like red right. flag the guy? Get him out of here. You know, like, why does this happen so many times? Like okay. Sasha Baron Cohen with his costume. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thinking, is it his brother or what? It might be. It might be the same guy. Um, so, speaking of Sasha Baron Cohen, random fun fact. Those that have stuck around this long get to learn this one. You remember in that Borat when he goes to the news channel and he like messes with that weatherman? Yes. The tall blonde that weatherman. He like walks in front of it. it. That was in Oklahoma, my friend. Oh, okay. And that is my brother-in-law's brother. And I just saw him the other day. I met him for the first time and I was like, oh my God. Like, I was trying not to be like, you're the guy. <laughs> okay. You're the Wait, guy. I'm trying to understand that, Jamie, your brother-in-law's brother, can you? I need so, an explanation. I'm kidding. So Chad's sister married a guy and this is his brother. Uh, okay. Thank you. Appreciate okay. it. So it's your twice removed brother-in-law. 
Uh, he's not related to me whatsoever, but I did think it was awesome. <laughs> That's the guy in Borat. Yeah, I, I, I doubt he wants to be that reminded of that every day he meets somebody new. I tried to be cool. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to And did head... you run up to him and squeeze him by the crotch to try to go viral? <laughs> <laughs> I put my face in his crotch. And on and that, I man. <laughs> Did that sound weird or was it just me? Okay, that was your so signal to move on. <laughs> uh huh. Um, I'm just getting a little crackling. Do I sound okay? Yeah, fine. You sound fine. Yeah. Okay, you sound terrible. Uh, so <laughs> we're gonna head over to San Jose, California. Okay, San Jose, California. There's a man, and he's at the Martin Luther King Library in downtown San Jose on Saturday, and he is doing a presentation. So he needs to get his car in the parking garage. And so he walks outside and he's kind of like, he's carrying all this stuff. So he sets it down and just runs a couple lanes down to go get his car. And when he comes back, one of his bags is gone. It's gone. Somebody just stole it that quick. How surprised was the thief when he opens the bag and inside it, it's three pythons and a lizard. The guy was doing a presentation on reptilians in this library. And the guy stole his duffel bag, opened it up, and there's three pythons and a lizard in a duffel bag just hanging out. Karma is a bitch. Did <laughs> you imagine? Oh They're like, what did we get? You open it up. <laughs> so they did find two snakes later were found in a dumpster, but he's worried about safety of the other reptiles that are consulting cameras right now. But yes, that he guy. That would that make me a little leery to steal the next bag, to be honest. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm done. My life of crime is over. <laughs> That's a hint. God's trying to tell you something. Right. Please. We're going to head to Florida. I had to end with the story in Florida. Jemmy's got a new show coming out, don't you, Jemmy? Yes, tell everybody about I do. that. Well, it's called People of Florida, and you can't find it yet because it doesn't exist yet. But it's going to be debuting. I'm trying to trying to really grease the wheels to get it out next week. And it's going to be featuring people that you have heard of or will have heard of soon. Or maybe you've heard their stories because their stories made national headlines. So that kind of stuff. But it's is it going to be good, the, the bad, and the ugly? And I- of Florida, like we have the people of Florida, or is it actually going to be the good people of Florida? The Both. good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. Uh-huh. For example, my first guest, uh, she's an aura reader. And she's actually a client of mine and she's fantastic. And she does like, she reads auras of uh, celebrities. It's actually pretty cool. And then, um, and then the back half of the episode, I'm going to be talking to Kevin Wytrowski from Visit Tampa Bay about. Uh, some some obscure guava hunter who ended up accidentally helping to found uh, the city. <laughs> that was me all over the place, and and it, it, including crime stories and just a little bit of everything. So, well, have like you said, ever heard of cholrophobia? Cholrophobia. Cholrophobia. No. How's that spelled? C o u l r o p h o b i a. I think it's cholerophobia or cholerophobia. Well, you are going to, it's, it's going to be very prevalent in Florida because did you know there is a thing that happens in Sarasota, Florida? Have you ever heard of wrinkles? Wrinkles the clown? No. Oh, wrinkles the clown. No. Wrinkles the clown. I don't want to. (laughs) Wrinkles the clown can be hired for $100 
to scare your child straight? Has Jordan ever done anything really bad? And you're like, I need to hire an evil, scary clown to scare him straight. This is a thing. Honest to God, life. not to brag, my kid's pretty damn cool. Yeah, he <laughs> no. would love a scary clown. He would be all over that. <laughs> so there's a guy who he he lived up in Rhode Island and he retired. He's a du- divorcee. He's a former veteran. And he moved to Florida after he retired. And instead of taking up golf, he decided to buy a creepy clown mask, some business cards and stickers advertising a number for his services. There was a kid who was misbehaving and his mother hired him to stand across the street, staring at him while he was getting on the bus with balloons. And the mother, the kid started crying he said he no, was scared. Winning himself. The mom said he was scared of clowns. Uh, uh, the guy said he was scared of clowns, and it showed up across the street from him at the bus stop. And he just started crying in front of his friends and ran home. And now his mother says, "Do you want me to send wrinkles back to you when he's misbehaving?" <laughs> that person needs to go to hell. Now oh, the second one, another one. God. If you have seen this Boy, on if YouTube, you're a grumpy old man. There's a job for you. That's a perfect job. <laughs> this clip has been viewed more than nine hundred thousand times. There was a Sarasota, Florida. Home, the earliest site uh, sighting of Wrinkles the Clown, a security camera footage of a child sleeping in his room before a clown silently emerges from under the bed and scares the oh child. Apparently, this I would kill the parents my hired the person to do that. People oh are hiring God. this guy to go and scare their children. Now, if you think I'm making this up, Jamie, this can't be real. You're making this up. There's a new documentary now about Wrinkles the Clown, the urban legend of Wrinkles the Clown that is living in Florida and scaring children. The documentary came out this week, so you can find it online. I don't know where. I really would never watch it myself. But this guy, apparently, he will do interviews, Jimmy. (laughs) He will do interviews, but he will not tell you who he actually is. You've got to get Wrinkles the Clown on your show. (laughs) My, I can tell you one thing. I'm not interviewing him in person. I'll tell you what, that's not happening. Google right now Wrinkles the Clown and tell me that is not the most terrifying thing you've ever seen. I, I don't at, want to. I wonder how I don't want to. Oh my God. There's a picture of him staring in somebody's window. I just peed a little bit. I would be <laughs> afraid, to be honest, if I was Wrinkles. Oh my God, he's ugly. <laughs> oh my God, it looks clown. like his face melted. Oh, oh that's just awful. I, I got to imagine, I would be afraid of getting shot by one of the neighbors. He told a local news channel, I just want to have fun and have a good time and maybe make a little extra money What's on the more side. Fun you know? than making kids have cry. Fun before I die. <laughs> fun. <laughs> Meanwhile, the kids are racking up therapy bills left and right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. gosh. You're, this is Florida for you. You can hire a creepy clown to scare the kids. And on that news, Jesus out of your children. <laughs> And on Friday, we're going to be talking about the terror that is in Pennsylvania. I'm trying to get somebody on. So if you live in Pennsylvania and you're experiencing this terror with your horses and at your farm, we want to have you on. And that is the spotted lanternfly. If you're dealing with the spotted lanternfly in Pennsylvania, I want to hear from you. Email me at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. We'll have you on on Friday. Have you heard of this yet? No, I don't know what you're talking about. It's this really creepy moth-looking fly that has infestated 
Pennsylvania to the point where there's thousands and thousands around your house. They attack you. They attack horses. They attack everything. And it's become a nightmare. And they're afraid they're going to travel. Did you travel. make up a word when infestated? Yes, I did. Uh, spotted lanternfly <laughs> is what it's called. Look it up. They're actually pretty, but apparently they also drop this sticky substance all over everything. They eat plants, trees, fruit, grapevines. They're destroying. They're expecting that it could be $500 million worth of damage, up to $7 million worth, or up to $7 billion worth of damage in Pennsylvania alone. So uh, if you're affected by this, I want to hear from you because I've, I just heard this story today and it's bizarre. You're never going to hear anything about this because that's not real. Wrinkles the Clown made that up, okay? That's not a thing. <laughs> No, Wrinkles the Clown is really <laughs> scary looking, let me tell you. Um, well, if you look at this and then you lay down, you close your eyes tonight, and all you can see is Wrinkles the Clown face, just think of now me. Now, imagine <laughs> Wrinkles the Clown, look up Spotted Lanternfly, and imagine him covered in Spotted Lanternflies, and then you have oh, true God, terror I, right there. Stop making it worse. <laughs> just can I tell you, when you uh, Google, what is the name of the fear of clowns phobia word, there are... Also, on the side of where the definition comes from is a lot of Google images that pop up. Oh, my God. I got to go. I need a drink. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> awful. All right. Uh, you know, something a little happier is we're going to be giving away prizes on Friday for Really Bad Ads. We're going to be giving away three of the soap packages from Heels Down. So get your ads in. You still have two days to do it. Get them into Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. And I think she does need some ads. It seems like forever since we did really bad ads. So get them in. And uh, we'll, t- we'll do those on Friday as well. Thank you, I everybody, for joining us today. Thank you to Stanford for coming on and helping us out. And uh, look for Jemmy's new show. I'm sure she'll announce it here. The Creepy Clowns of Florida. The Wrinkles your- the Clown episode would be huge jemmy i have to i have to hear that <laughs> i wonder can imagine i'll do my best to oh god i don't know i don't know i can't interview i don't think i could interview him but i'll do my best to make something happen for you there Gene. just just to make sure he tells you on the phone he's not wearing the makeup and then you'll be okay uh, or how about you have one of the terrifying parents that hired him to come out from under the bed that's true you could do that too <laughs> Because you're uh, that's the most that's not a conversation that's going to end well. No, <laughs> for anybody. Because <laughs> neither one of you are that mom, that's for sure. Oh, God. <laughs> I do know women that have been that mom, though. That's for, That would do that. Mm. Oh, that's Good it for time. today. Thank you for ending right. it on such a happy, positive note there, Wrinkles. <laughs> Don't steal a bag of snakes, people. <laughs> probably retirement plan of being wrinkles the clown wasn't such a good idea either he oh is gonna get God. shot he's in florida he's gonna get shot he said he wants to die happy <laughs> scaring children